0: Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. A series of nasty appropriations clawbacks proposed for the TMF and USDS. And an outlook for federal IT legislation for the rest of this Congress. It's Thursday, July 27th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The Federal Information Security Modernization Act of 2023 was passed by the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee and will now head to the Senate floor for further debate. The long-awaited reform bill seeks to improve coordination between OMB, CISA, and the Office of the National Cyber Director, as well as other federal agencies and contractors. If enacted, it would also codify the role of the federal chief information security officer within the Office of the Federal CIO. Now for a story you'll find only on FedScoop, the FAA on Wednesday denied using the AI-powered language model ChatGPT in any of its systems. That's despite the Department of Transportation previously listing ChatGPT in a catalog of current AI use cases published on the department's website. In that reference, the agency said the FAA, in particular the agency's air traffic organization, was using ChatGPT and code writing assistance. But upon contact from FedScoop, the agency said the chatbot is not being deployed by the department, including in mission-critical air traffic control systems, and has since removed it from its list of use cases. And finally, the Office of Personnel Management is encouraging federal employees and retirees alike to use Login.gov, a government-produced sign-on system for agencies' online services. On Wednesday, OPM released three videos meant to guide people on how to create login.gov accounts, use their OPM accounts on login.gov, and reset access to their accounts. The move comes as federal agencies face pressure to improve customer service, and as OPM continues to try to whittle down a backlog of retirement applications. On top of that, it also comes after login.gov has faced its own scrutinies from lawmakers over security compliance issues, as FedScoop has previously reported. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. While most federal I.T. news tends to come out of CIO's offices and agency headquarters, Lately, Capitol Hill has been the driving force behind many developments in our community. From funding rescissions and recent appropriations proposals to landmark legislation and constant discourse on how to best approach regulation of AI, lawmakers have had their plates full with matters that will impact the greater federal technology landscape. Matt Cornelius, a former congressional staffer under Chairman Gary Peters on the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, joins the Daily Scoop to discuss the full slate of federal IT issues being addressed in Congress recently. Cornelius also previously served as Senior Technology and Cybersecurity Advisor in the Office of Management and Budget and Senior Advisor to the Administrator at the General Services Administration. Matt, always a pleasure to see you. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Bill, it's great to be here. Appreciate you and the FedScoop team having me on.
0: Absolutely. Well, Matt, we know in your role as a former staffer on the Hill that you've covered a lot of different uh, policy issues and legislative issues regarding federal IT. And uh, let's start with one of the most recent advancement that we've been covering on FedScoop, and that's the Samosa Act that recently passed to the House floor. Uh, I'm curious, just starting there, uh, tell me about the Samosa Act and why it's important and, you know, what folks should be paying attention to if it is passed.
1: Yeah, well, great question. So the the quick backstory on on samosa, uh, you know, when I was in the Senate working on the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee for Chairman Gary Peters, um, one of the things he charged the staff to do as we were sort of coming out of the pandemic was trying to take a look at all of the various um, areas of spending, especially in IT and cybersecurity spending that had happened with the CARES Act and a lot of these other large legislative packages that Congress passed uh, to recover and respond to the pandemic and say, you know, is this money being used effectively? How has it impacted agencies? You know, what good has it done? Are there changes that that need to happen or, or other steps we need to take to, to rectify some of the spending? And, you know, during my time, not only on the Hill, but I'd also worked at the Office of Management, Budget and GSA, I knew how tricky a lot of these software licensing uh policies and services are in federal agencies right like um because the way a lot of these big uh tech companies sell software to the government they are selling all over the place there's no centralized visibility and so you know as I went back and started talking with both current and former CIOs and and acquisition officials and agencies And they said yeah this shadow it all the software that we have like it it's 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 a real pain and they said if congress can help push us to elevate this issue it'll allow us to get our arms wrapped around what we have in our in our networks what we have in our environments and it can help us in our modernization journey and so you know chairman peters and the house co-sponsor i know you talked about the bill passing out of the house oversight committee Uh, Matt Cartwright, they were sponsors of the Megabyte Act from about 10 years ago, which was an initial step to try to get agencies to do a software inventory. But it was it was really just a one time activity that agencies had to do. And over time, those those inventories, the information those inventories, you know, degraded, they weren't used as much in decision making issues. So when we were drafting, you know, this bipartisan bicameral bill, we tried to focus on how do we get more comprehensive assessments of what agencies have deployed bought in use not in use anywhere within the agency and then to be, and then to put in place a structure where agencies ha- would have to actively plan and use that information to make smarter buying decisions going forward and so in a way as the bill was coming together it scratched a lot of itches, right? It was a cost savings bill that Republicans really like. It was an IT modernization and a push to get agencies to adopt commercial technology, which Democrats traditionally favor. And so, you know, uh, when I was there, we worked really closely, uh, both the House Oversight Committee and his GAC, on the language, so that the language that passed his GAC a couple of months ago was the exact same language that the House passed a couple of weeks ago. So as we're thinking about action going forward, there's a consensus uh, There's a consensus version of the bill that both parties and both are support. And now it's about how do we find floor time in the House or how do we get the bill passed on suspension in the Senate so that we can get that version ultimately passed by both, both chambers and signed into law.
0: So you have the sense that there's a good shot that it will pass during this Congress?
1: I certainly, I certainly think so. Um, it, it's, you know, like I said, you know, Republicans and uh, I think the House Republican leadership is very bullish on this. You know, the, the interesting thing about Samosa in the House, when, when the Oversight Committee marked it up a couple of weeks ago, it was the only Democrat-led bill that they had on that markup. There were some other bipartisan bills, but this was the only Dem bill. So if you're thinking about how the House functions, when they pass bills on suspension, they they generally have to have one minority led bill for every two or three or four majority led bills they put on suspension they try to have some level of parity so given that samosa is the only democrat-led bill <laughs> that the house oversight committee has marked up in in the in the six and a half months of this congress it stands to reason that they think they have a good chance of passing on suspension i think on the senate side the same thing's happening chairman peters um uh, senator bill cassidy who who co-sponsored that. And there's a, a big push on the Senate side to do this as well. And I know they're running the traps uh, to try and get that uh, passed by UC on the Senate. So, you know, given that we we worked so closely before either bill moved out of either committee uh, on the language to, to get consensus and to make sure that we were all aligned on the language, it it should make it a lot easier from just a mechanical standpoint to get a bill passed. And frankly, the administration is supportive. Most of industry is very supportive of this. Um, It's going to save a lot of money. It's going to speed up IT modernization. It's going to improve agency cybersecurity. I mean, it's a win-win-win the way you look at it. Um, And so now it's just about finding the right mechanisms on on the floor of either chamber to get this thing done.
0: So sticking with the Hill, the appropriations process, which is ongoing and is likely to lead to some sort of continuing resolution, Um, the appropriations process hasn't been very pretty for some key federal IT initiatives like uh, US Digital Service and the Technology Modernization Fund. And uh, let's start with the TMF front. It looks like there's a chance that the administration may have to pay back around $290 million that it got under the American Rescue Plan Act. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, what would the fallout be if that occurs and why are lawmakers jumping to claw back that money
1: yeah it's uh, there are good ways to to uh, cut costs and to save money in the federal government and there are bad ways uh, to cut costs and save money in the federal government I think we're sending the TMF money falls into that second bucket I think it's uh it's very short-sighted I was I was very surprised when uh, Senate GG rolled out their uh, their Bill a couple of weeks ago, and it had the rescissions for the TMF. I mean, you know, I I was around when the TMF was was an idea that was getting created when I was at GSA. I helped stand it up when I was at OMB. You know, it's no surprise that the appropriators have had uh, misgivings about the TMF uh, since, since day one. But I think a very fair and objective way of looking at what both the previous administration and this administration have done with the TMF, it has more robust oversight than almost any other it spending that happens in the federal government there is more communication between the administration and congress on what's being funded outcomes you know uh, making sure that the dollars are spent wisely and well right because again the tmf was all about iterative funding right it wasn't about dumping millions or tens of millions or hundreds of millions on projects at a single point in time like most agencies do in the acquisition process and then just hoping that in three or five or seven years, you'll get some outcomes. It's it's a much different vehicle. And so, you know, I like I said, I was very surprised that it happened. I think it was a a wake-up call to the administration to say, you know, if if you all believe that there is real value in the TMF, you need to do a better job of communicating that to Congress. And right, and like having been in the executive branch, sometimes people think that they're doing a very good job of demonstrating why a particular policy is working or, or why a particular investment is working but that doesn't mean that the people on the hill who are writing appropriations bills get it so you know it's 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 certainly not the end of the road it doesn't mean the 290 million is definitely going to be rescinded you know i'm I'm sure omb director shalonda young is having some very uh some very regular conversations with with uh, senator van holland and with senator schumer on this um but i i do think that rescission was a wake-up call to the administration to say you know we're serious about it modernization if you can't give us better information or a better argument as to why the tmf is necessary we are prepared to take these steps
0: and the usds similarly may have to let go of 80 million dollars it received under the arp so same questions why are lawmakers targeting USDS in this case, and how might it hamstring the organization if it does have to pay that back?
1: Yeah, I was—I'll I, say I was less surprised by the USDS decision. I mean, in fact, I—I've I, written publicly about some of the challenges that I experienced uh, when I was in the Senate on getting, you know, just any level of financial information and and strategies and priorities from USDS leadership, right? USDS money is very different than the TMF money. The TMF money is project focused. It is about outcomes. It is about driving IT modernization. The USDS money is really just about headcount for the organization. So in some ways, that rescission would be a much sharper rescission uh, if it if it holds uh, if it holds through the entire process than the TMF money. And it would really stunt the ability of USDS to grow. Um, that being said, I, I think it sits in the same um, same vein of the TMF, which is, this is a wake-up call from Congress to the administration. It says, if you cannot be honest in, in how you're using this money, what the outcomes are, and why it's important, we are prepared to take that money back. And so, you know, one of the things that I think the administration uh, really shortchanged or, or one of the missteps that they had is, you know, Congress was signaling that this was going to happen. All the way from the start of the negotiations that led to the budget deal, right? And you know, when when Speaker McCarthy and, and President Biden, you know, agreed on the fiscal responsibility act, you know, it was really going to take those top lines down, which meant that each subcommittee was going to have to write to a lower number. I think the real shock to the system is that although the Senate was not writing to uh, the same levels that the House is, the House is writing actually to lower levels of overall spending in their subcommittee bills. Um, they they chose to target uh, not just IRS funding, but also TMF and USDS funding. So at the end of the day, you know, Congress is still working through the appropriations process to figure out what the overall level of spending is going to be. And I think, you know, Chairman Van Hollen and and ranking member Haggerty on FSGG made it very clear that this is their line in the sand, like this is their preferred path. And if the administration wants to see them add some of that money back that has already been um, you know, rescinded through the, the full committee markup, then they're going to have to really pound the pavement on Capitol Hill, talk about the need for these funds, talk about what outcomes um, that will be foregone if it is not brought back. Uh, and then to really try to build better trust and partnership with Congress on USDS funding and TMF funding going forward.
0: And we've heard a lot about, you know, obviously this is, you know, happening across the appropriation space with these sort of tough battles. Um, and we've heard a lot about how there's likely to be a nasty sort of CR process that's forthcoming and you know obviously that's going to have a lot of impacts government wide but you know in our small space with the IT federal IT community I'm curious what should IT leaders CIOs and others be prepared for with uh, a CR likely coming that could you know go on for quite a while
1: Yeah it, so it's two things one it's a CR I think a CR is almost certainly going to happen right whether or not we we get a shutdown before we get a CR is a, is a, is, a, is another conversation but we're going to be on a CR for except several months right whether that's two whether that's three whether that's five who knows so crs are always incredibly onerous for the federal i.t community because you there's a no new starts policy right agencies cannot go out with new procurements even if they have money they can't let new task orders on current procurements it's a very onerous process so all of these all these i.t modernization all these sort of cybersecurity improvements that are happening and need to happen on a continuous and rolling basis they get a hard stop during a CR, and it makes it really difficult for agencies to manage through that, right? And it makes it very difficult for the for the vendor community, right? Because these are people that they can't pay, uh, or these are projects that they have to stop, and they have to they have to align resources elsewhere. So it's an incredibly disruptive process. So whatever we get from a CR, hopefully that is as short as possible, and that Congress and the administration can come together and pass a spending bill. But you know, one of the other things I think people need to realize, like. Writing to lower top lines means there will be cuts. And so, you know, I think agencies and the IT community need to do a better job in talking with the appropriation staff on why investments in IT and cybersecurity have better long term returns, how you can get cost savings through modernizing faster, how you get some more flexibility in that money so agencies can spend it well. You know, the biggest problem. As it, when we go through these these onerous um, and divisive appropriations process, you know you go through two or three or five months of a CR, and then you dump a year's worth of money onto an agency with seven months to spend it, which just means that they're going to spend they're only going to take that money and put it on current contracts or give it to the current incumbents, and they're not really going to have the chance to thoughtfully and successfully modernize and buy better commercial technology and, and move through the modernization process faster. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, cuts are coming, and I think, in from an IT standpoint, getting out a lot of a lot of these legacy vendors, getting away from a lot of these legacy software contracts, a lot of this software bloat that you see in agencies, and and forcing them to use the powers that Samosa would give agencies, or um, you know the 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 ideas and the priorities that agencies already have you know as they're as they're looking through the current appropriations and budget process you know there's just like i said there's a smart way to cut money and there's a dumb way to cut money and agencies need to be really thoughtful about that and agency leadership needs to be able to communicate that to the appropriations committees very effectively
0: Matt, as we close out here, one final question, and it's a broad one, but is there any other storylines on the Hill that intersect with the federal IT community that we should be watching out for, whether that's new legislation uh, or something else?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably no no surprise to hear me say this, but, you know, everyone in Congress cares about AI. And, And one of the great things is that when every member of Congress cares about a particular issue, you know, there's a bright spotlight on it. Um, there's a likelihood that that actions and activities will will come forth that can drive change. The bad thing is when every member of Congress focuses on a particular issue, like it seems every member is with AI right now. That means there's a thousand different ideas on how to solve these issues, right? Do you regulate more? Do you regulate less? Do we need more AI capacity agencies? Do we need less? Like, how do we buy it? How do we use it? What are the knock on impacts? So, you know, Leader Schumer has made it very clear that like doing some sort of comprehensive AI package is a priority of his as we move into the next uh, the, the next session of Congress. Um, so that is something I will be watching very closely. And you see various committees that my old committees held multiple hearings on this. The, the House and Senate Judiciary Committees are looking at regulatory aspects of AI. So how AI impacts our country, our government and our world is going to be a major focus for both the administration and Congress going forward. Um, you know, just yesterday, uh, uh, hisgac my old committee uh, passed the uh, FISMA 2023 bill, the big uh, Federal Information Security Modernization Act of 2023. Um, you know, as AI is exploding, as um, you know, a lot of these uh, significant cybersecurity threats are happening both to federal agencies, to contractors, and to the broader economy. Right-sizing how the federal government goes about protecting its own information. And how we go about supporting, you know, uh, just Americans generally uh, from nation-state actors is going to be really important. So I think right-sizing the roles and responsibilities of the Office of the National Cyber Director, CISA, OMB, federal agencies, Department of Justice, you know, I thinking about how we uh, effectively and uh, and thoughtfully execute our critical sort of cybersecurity mission is going to be important. Obviously, the administration's national cybersecurity strategy implementation is going to be top of mind for members of congress as well as for as well as for federal agencies. So I think AI and cybersecurity are going to be going to be big issues. And the, the last thing I'll say on this uh, and it's and it's a drum I try to beat all the time because a lot of people don't realize it. You know, if if all you do is is, is watch the cable networks or, or you're on Twitter, you don't really realize that a lot of this core IT acquisition, cybersecurity, uh, you know, government management policy, it's a really bipartisan bicameral issue, right? You know, whether it's something like Samosa, whether it's something like FISMA, which again was a big bipartisan, bicameral introduction, there are ways for Republicans and Democrats in both chambers to work together on some of these common sense issues that need that need Congress's say to move forward. So, you know, I'm hopeful that, that Chairman Peters, my old boss, Chairman Comer on, on the House Oversight Committee, I, I think as they move into election season, it's going to benefit both of them. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the members that they're trying to support to find more areas of agreement to pass bills that are going to help the government save money, help the government deliver better digital services to citizens, protect their information, because that's going to help as they uh, are looking to run again and as the elections uh, that will be here before we know it uh, creep up on us in November of next year.
0: You can learn more about the ongoing IT issues in discussion on Capitol Hill at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. As always, we'll be back next week with new episodes, but until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.